We are on Ksubis, the very bottom of Samach Beis, Amabeis, 62b, as we have essentially one more story left until we reach uh, the Mishnah on Samach Gimel Amanalat, on 63a. The Gemara has been discussing uh, the different scenarios uh, and topics of uh, when and uh, how much of an obligation is there for a husband to have to be intimate with his wife, to have sexual relations with his wife. And within that context, we also discussed what if the husband is a Torah scholar, a Talmud Chacham, uh, how often would one have to be intimate, and uh, we discussed uh, does he need permission from his wife, how long is he allowed to be away from his wife, could he travel, could he study with his Rebbe, with his teacher, thereby being away from home, is he allowed to do that, how long is he allowed to be away for, and so within that context, we have the famous story of Rabbi Akiva and uh, his wife. So this, uh, this story is found in a few places. It's found twice in the Talmud and the Gemara. One of those two places is here. And it's found in other sources as well, other uh, original sources as well, uh, with uh, slight variations. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva, Raya de Ben Kalva Sevuahava. Rabbi Akiva, before he became the famous Rabbi Akiva, he was first uh, a shepherd of Ben Kalva Savua, a very wealthy person in Yerushalayim. He was a shepherd, and we know that uh, many of our leaders were first shepherds. Uh, when they're a shepherd, so they care for uh, the animals, and through that care, they could also be leaders to care for their people. They have time to think and contemplate about life. So Rabbi Kiva, before he became the famous Rabbi Kiva, he was first a shepherd. There's a discussion whether or not he was, uh, at a certain point in his life, he was uh, sort of anti the Torah, or that no, he was never anti the Torah, but he was never a real Torah scholar. He was had a had a good character, but he was never a true Torah scholar until this story. Uh, but what happens? Chazis de Barase de Havetzania Umali, his the daughter of this wealthy person of Ben Kalva Savua. He saw, what were the traits of Rabbi Kiva? He saw that he was humble and umali and refined. So Amrle, she said to him, she said to Rabbi Kiva as follows, If we become engaged, it sounds like they only have a halachic engagement, they're not fully married. If we become engaged, will you go and study Torah? Will you study Torah? I want to marry you. You have these great traits, but I want you to also be a Torah scholar. And so Amrla. In, he says to her, yes, vishadarte. So they become engaged privately because her father, uh, as we will see, would not be uh, happy about this, to say the least. And so they, they're engaged and he, she sends him off to go and study Torah. Now, the, some of the commentators point out, well, why didn't she just marry? There must have been many uh, people out there with also with fine character who are also Torah scholars. Why pick specifically the one who has good character but is not a Torah scholar. Uh, so some of the commentators want to explain, well, she wanted to play a role in his development, in his growth. She wanted to be because she wanted to, to be an essential part of that. She didn't want to marry somebody who was already uh, complete and has already mastered the Torah. She wanted somebody specifically that through their marriage, he would develop and become the great Rabbi Kiva in which he became. So anyways, he, he, she sends him off. What happens? Shema Avuha, her father, finds out about this. Apka mi adra hana mi 
he essentially kicks her out of the house. And she, he takes an oath prohibiting her from any benefit from his own property. She's so upset. The father's so upset. He says that my own daughter cannot benefit from anything that I have. So what happens? Also, Yasa Rabbi Kiva went and was learning for 12 years in the study halls. If you recall from some of the previous classes, 12 years was also an amount that uh, others have studied for. 12 years, we mentioned, uh, it could be that it's uh, six and six, six years of uh, each year studying a different uh, seder, a different uh, general category. There are six sedarim, six general categories, and so six years uh, of each, one in a faster pace and one with more analysis. Um, but uh, he studies for 12 years. So after 12 years, when he comes back to his house, he brings with him 12,000 students. 12,000 students that we know from other stories that he had 12,000 students that uh, eventually they didn't provide each other with uh, respect and honor and they eventually all died as a result because they were the ones who were supposed to transmit the Masorah, the tradition. They were supposed to be the leaders who transmit it. If they're not respecting each other, so then they cannot transmit it. But he brings them, these 12,000 students with him. But uh, as he's coming to his house, he hears either a neighbor, some say it's Eliyo, Hanavi, Elijah, the prophet, who says, uh, He heard this uh, old man saying to his wife, For how long will you lead the life of a, of a widow? That you live alone. And uh, he hears this conversation, he hears this conversation, and he hears his own wife saying, she says that if I if he would listen to me, I would tell him to sit for another 12, 12 years, for a total of twenty four years. So when Rabbi Kiva heard this, he said, I have her permission. I'm going to go back and study for another twelve years, a total of twenty four years." Now, the Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, uh, the Mashkiach of the Mir Yeshiva, he famously has a piece on this uh, story, and he says, "I don't understand." Rabbi Kiva, he was right at home. He heard this conversation. He can't just walk in and say uh, hi to his to his wife that he hasn't seen in 12 years. He has to quickly leave uh, so that uh, he doesn't see her for, for another another 12 years. Why couldn't he just enter into the house and uh, uh, say hi and just see each other for a little bit and then he could continue on to yeshiva. So he explains that no, that uh, there's a difference between 12 and 12 versus 24. That when it comes to Torah study, it's the retzifos, it's the, the consistency, it's the um, continuous learning that uh, uh, allows a person to become a Torah scholar, that they benefit so much more when it's 24 years as opposed to 12 plus 12, 24 is so much greater than 12 plus 12. So this is a famous uh, topic that is discussed based on this idea of Rav Chaim Okay, so he goes and studies for 24 years. Now, he comes back after 24 years, Hadar Azal Yosef Trey Shrei so he comes back, uh, 24,000 students are with him. Um, so sorry, originally it was 12,000, now it's uh, 24,000, um, 12,000 pairs. His wife uh, heard, and now she goes out to greet him. Her neighbor said, what, 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 you're, not, you're just going to greet him like that? Go borrow some clothing, wear them, look uh, look nicer. You're you're going to meet your husband, who's such an important person. He's the teacher of twenty four thousand people. 
you should dress nicely. She says to him, no. A righteous man understands that life, the life of his beast, and there's a discussion of what exactly that means. Uh, so I'm going to say that he knows that we're poor. We're both poor. I'm poor. He's poor. And so he, I don't need to get dressed up for him. Uh, he knows this is what he's used to. Others say that, no, that uh, they had such a deep relationship, even though they haven't seen each other in 24 years. They have such a deep relationship that it wasn't about the beauty. It wasn't about the external beauty. Uh, but, uh, and so he, she didn't have to get dressed up for him. But it was internally they were so well connected. So And so when she comes to him, she falls on her face and she kisses his feet. The, uh, the attendant, the person there, pushes her away, not knowing that it was Rabbi Kiva's wife. And Rabbi Kiva famously says, No, leave her alone. Um, my knowledge and your knowledge, our knowledge together is really all hers. It really all belongs to her. It belongs to my wife. She allowed me to leave for 24 years, and it's all because of her. Okay, the story continues. Shema Avua, her father hears that a great man has come to town. She doesn't, he doesn't realize that it's his uh, son-in-law that he was very upset about having as a son-in-law. So uh, he says, I'm going to go to him uh, because maybe he'll be able to nullify my vow. Because he knows, he didn't realize that it was the same Rabbi Kiva, but he knew that his son-in-law... Uh, wasn't so bad. He wanted to annul his vow to, that his daughter would be able to uh, get money from him because his daughter became very poor. He was very, very wealthy. His daughter became very poor. He, he now he wants his daughter to benefit from his property. He wants to annul his vow, not realizing that this great man was really his son-in-law. So he comes to him. He came to him. And Rabbi Kiva says to him, did you, th- did you vow thinking that... Uh, Rabbi Kiva would become a great person when you took your oath. What did you have in mind when you took your oath? Did you have in mind that uh, your son-in-law would become a great person? He said that if I would have known that he would have that my son-in-law would know even one chapter, even one law, I would not have been made such an oath. Would not have, not have made such an oath. I, I made the oath under false assumptions. So Rabbi Kiva says to him again. He says to him. Without uh, originally, without uh, his father-in-law knowing who he was, he says, anahu." So he says to him, "Listen, I am your son-in-law. It's me. I'm your son-in-law." So um, So his father-in-law Ben Kava Savua falls on his face and kisses his feet and gives him half of his money. He annuls the vow. He's uh, his daughter and his son-in-law are now allowed to benefit from his property, and now they become wealthy. They were very poor. Beforehand, they become wealthy now because they benefit from Rabbi Kiva's father-in-law. Brasid Rabbi Kiva Avdalel Ben Azai Hachi. So then the Gemara relates that Rabbi Kiva's daughter did the same thing for Ben Azai. So Rabbi Kiva's daughter then uh, maybe got married to Ben Azai or they were only engaged. Ben Azai was also a simple person and she also caused him to to study Torah and uh, to become great in Torah. Also, she also wanted uh, to marry somebody where she could be involved in the process of him becoming a Torah scholar. And This is, explains the saying that people say that the Rachel follows the Rachel, that uh, the daughter's actions are the same as the mother's actions, that the daughter ju- did just like the mother. Okay, that's the end of that story. We have a few more lines uh, until we reach the Mishnah. Rav Yosef, the son of Rava, 
was sent by his father, was sent by Rava to, to, to study Torah before the great uh, Talmud Chacham, the great Torah scholar of Yosef. And they agreed that he should be there for six years. And uh, he, he was married. But after three years passed, three years passed, and it's uh, the day before Yom Kippur. And he says to himself, he says, I want to go visit my wife. Uh, I want to visit my wife. It's been three years. Let me go ahead and visit my wife. Now, he does this specifically on the day before Yom Kippur uh, because uh, he's showing that on Yom Kippur they're not allowed to be intimate. So it wasn't because he had this desire to be intimate. It was he had this desire to uh, to spend time with his wife, to, to just connect with his wife. However, Shema Avuhi, his father heard, Rava heard this, and Shakal Minoh Ape. He was very upset. Um, he was very upset and he took something uh, uh, as if he took a weapon going to war and went to, went to meet him. And there's different versions of exactly what happened. Amar um, some say that he started, the father started getting upset that what are you doing? You're, you're remembering your, your mistress. Other versions have it. Do you remember your dove? Either way, uh, the point of the father is to say that, yes, I understand you have a relationship with your wife, but we agreed upon six years. And again, the same idea that we mentioned before, just like uh, 24 is greater than 12 and 12, that the, the Ritzifus, the continuous Torah study for 24 years is so much greater, so too you should have realized you should have done six total years instead of three and three, you should have done six total years. And that's what the father is telling him, that uh, consistent being uh, continuous is extremely, extremely important. So during this whole discussion, because they were so preoccupied, they were involved in this argument, neither one were able to eat before Yom Kippur. And that's the day. The day before Yom Kippur is actually a mitzvah to eat, and they were not able to eat because they were so involved in this heated argument between the two of them about whether or not he was allowed to return back to his wife. So we have these different stories. So we see from these stories how extremely important it is, again, with permission from, uh, from the wife. Uh, but uh, how important it is to have this uh, form of Torah study which is continuous, without stop, and how it can lead to great Torah scholars. Okay, we conclude this Gemara, and we will begin the next class with the next Mishnah.